Yeah, temptation. Hmm. It's a hard one, isn't it? I have to say before I start that it has been the most challenging talk I've ever written <laughs> because it's challenged my way of thinking, what I've put my faith in and how I've walked as a Christian and how I've justified myself quite a lot. And it, so I, I want to just lead with that is that this is challenged me and D. John says the hours I've put in I've procrastinated quite a lot so let's hope it's more than what I've put in comes out because it's a, it's a tricky topic we don't like to talk about it well we like to talk about it but not actually action it um, but yeah so we'll start I've not done the clicker where do I click it down on the clicker oh you didn't tell me I had to turn it on. There we go. Down. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Um, this book is called Help, I'm Being Tempted by Bob Gass. Yes, Gass. My daughter laughed at that a lot as well. And um, my husband was given this book, and he'd just given his life to Jesus, and he'd just come out of rehabilitation. And so this book was given to him as something that would help him in his everyday life because suddenly he's out in the real world and he's going to face temptation. And this was a book that he was given and he'd read it a lot. It's quite a well-worn book. And it's a really good book. But what this book does is it paraphrases what it says in the Bible with a little bit of ab-lib in there. That's pretty much what this book does. And there are lots of other books, self-help books, Christian self-help books, and that's pretty much what they all do. Someone has taken the time and the effort to read and study the Bible, and then they've produced a book with a certain topic in mind or a certain revelation in mind, and we can read it, and it's broken down for us, and, and that's how we get given it. Now, the challenge that I've felt with this is why didn't we go to the Bible in the first place? Why do we have to have the little book? Why do we have to have someone read and study it and find the revelations out for us so that we can then read it in their terms? You know, and it would just kind of, you know, being tempted, how do we resist it? I'll get the little book out, but not this book, because that, that, it'll tell me what the best bits are for that in here. You know, and it's, it's just confusing, isn't it? It's like, why, why be like that? Now, the Bible is a great place to start with how to look at temptation. You know, and, and as Lucy spoke of last week, I don't know if you were here last week, but Lucy spoke a lot about grace, about grace, about, you know, starting afresh for the new year, and we might have already stumbled in that, but how God's grace comes in, and we shouldn't just put it to one side, we should try and carry on. Now, we're very fortunate as Christians today, because if we do get tempted and we give in, because of Jesus' sacrifice, we can have that wiped off and we can start afresh. It's rubbed out on the pages of our book of life and it doesn't exist and we can start again. So that's good. 
But how do we resist temptation in the first place? It would be nice to go through life and not use God's grace quite so often. You know, I'd like to go along and go, well, I haven't used your grace for a while, God. I'm doing quite well here, you know. Check in later. You know, it's that kind of thing. You know, I would like to go through life going, yeah, I've only used it five times in my whole life. You know, but it doesn't work like that, I know. But it would be nice if we're not consistently trying to resist temptation all the time and having to constantly tap into God's grace in that format. We should be using it for other things as well. And, you know, so how do we do that? Well, the obvious things, examples, I've not been clicking the clicker. It's all right, we've got it, it's okay. The most obvious examples given to us in the Bible, I think, well, the most famous are David and Samson, aren't they? And what these two gentlemen have in common is a weakness for the ladies, They love the ladies, these men. Now, I'm pretty sure that they didn't realize that loving the ladies would cause so much problems for them. But very early on in their lives, they've obviously decided somewhere that they love ladies. This is an area that they're going to indulge themselves in. There are other areas they're not. They're going to be very disciplined and they're going to you know, look to God. But this area, this is their little area that they're going to be weak in. And unfortunately, it had quite a bad effect. You know, having this area of weakness, this area where we've already decided that this is going to be our little treat section of our lives, you know, ended, David ended up having to kill someone. You know, I'm pretty sure he didn't start off like that. I love the ladies even murder, you know, it's, I'm pretty sure that wasn't the intention, but we're opening ourselves up to that vulnerability, aren't we? Where does it go to try and cover your tracks up? You know, and um, same with Samson. Unfortunately, his, I find, was, I think, was a little bit harder because he gave in to that temptation and it cost him his strength physically, but I think he was broken. He was then forced to perform sexual acts in public. But God intervened. He came in and David, you know, after seeking forgiveness and paying a cost, which was the loss of their son, him and Bathsheba's son, was restored in that relationship. And same with Samson, in the end, he cried out and God restored his strength and he was able to kind of follow out God's work in the end. But the cost was quite high, giving in to temptation. Hmm. It's those grey areas in our lives, I think, sometimes that causes the start of the temptation road. And I was talking to my dad about it because, as I said, it's been quite a difficult subject. And he said, well, you know, we brought you up that if you said you were going to do something, you do it. And it's true. You know, if someone asks me to do something, I can take my time sometimes to say whether I can do it or not because if I said I'm going to do it, I will do it. And it's the same should be said for us as Christians. 
How do we resist temptation? Well, the start is we commit. We've committed. We give our lives to Jesus, then we should do what we said we were going to do. Commit to Jesus. So I'm getting the hang of this. <laughs> Stay on the right path. How do we resist temptation? We keep our eyes fixed on Jesus is the end result. That's the question answered there and then. You know, people go, well, how do I resist? What are the techniques I can use? There are no real techniques other than you fix your eyes on Jesus. You know, if you say you're going to follow Jesus and you commit to that, then you follow that through completely. Not halfway in, I'll follow you, Jesus, until this comes along because this looks rather good. You know, it's not like that. It should be straight on. And it, quite often in this culture, we are always on the lookout for something better. The better iPhone, the better house, the better car, the better relationship, the better, you know, who's got the best children. You know, it's all that, isn't it? It's like, who's got the best? What's better? And that is not the principles that God has. We are to go against that. We are to walk down the path of righteousness. It's not what's better. It's how can we become more like Jesus? Because he's the best. Better than all the rest. So it's a song, I'm sure. Woo! Yeah, that's it. I was thinking in my head. I know that song. <laughs> I know, yeah. We had to do that when Joe Coffin went into the commentation. Simply the best. We were very eccentric. Very eccentric. Yeah, we need to, if we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, then the question we should be asking ourselves rather than how do we resist temptation is why are we asking about temptation? In Romans 8, Oh, I've gone the wrong way, gone the wrong way, sorry. In Romans 8, verses 28 to 34, Paul talks about this a lot. He's, you know, Paul is very good at talking about this. And it says, if I can find the right thing. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For who... For, the, for whose God foreknew, he also predestined to be confirmed to the likeness of his son, that he might be firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. That then shall we say in response to this, if God is for us, who can be against us? Who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all? How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charges against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? 
Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or swords? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that's it. We are following Jesus. That's a commitment that we make. And God is faithful. He has predestined us to be sons and daughters of God. That if God has done that for us, then what, what should we say? You know, would, do you not, God, think... <laughs> I cannot speak properly today. Do you not think that God would help us in our trials and our, in our temptations? Do you not think it's written here how we can resist temptation and how we can walk forward in that? You know, as I said, you know, if you're fully committed to Jesus, you wouldn't be asking, how do I resist temptation? You'd be going, of course I will resist temptation because I have been predestined to be a son and daughter of God. If God is for me, who will stand against me? And nothing can separate me from the love of Jesus Christ. It's those affirming words, that affirming attitude that we have in the confidence of following Jesus that sustains us against temptation. Now, talk, there is the conflict, though, because Paul goes, talks about this in Romans 7, Oh, I didn't flick it, I'm sorry. In Romans 7, I read it. And um, it talks about how we are born with a sinful nature. Sin is within us. But it's very complicated. <laughs> it's quite a complicated verse to read. So you can read it and it can get a bit like, you know, Lucy said, oh, we're not as good as Paul, but I think I could probably write that slightly better. It's very <laughs> confusing. And I do what I do, because, but I don't want to do what I do, but I do want to do what I do because of the evil that I do. But then when I do do good, do I really want to do it or do I not want to do it? Because I keep doing what is not right. And then like going, do you? <laughs> do I? Do we? I don't know. <laughs> it's that whole thing, you know, it's, it's quite confusing. But he follows on to say, in the, the next verse is a lot better, <laughs> in, verse, in, in chapter 8, he then goes on to talk about how when we commit to Jesus, we die to that sinful nature, and we are then reborn into the nature of the spirit, the spirit of life the right law, the correct law. It's so easy to follow the law of sin. It's a nice wide open path. You know, it's easy to go. There's lots of little routes you can take. It's easy to follow that road. And 
there's, you know, if, you know, if you look in society, there's almost like no consequences for anything anymore. You can pretty much do most things and people would find a way to justify it. And, you know, oh, well, it's because, you know, I can decide what gender I want to be and I can change my mind. You know, and I can determine what that gender represents and how it should be distinguished or described these days. You know, the boundaries of this road are so wide that people always get lost just walking along it. Whereas the road that we are to walk down as Christians is straight and narrow. It's a difficult road. You know, Jesus said you will face many troubles in this life. He's not saying it's easy. It is hard. But do not worry because I have overcome it all already through my death, through my sacrifice. And, you know, he left us the Holy Spirit. He asked the Father that when he died, the Holy Spirit would come in his place so that Jesus can be directly with the Father and intercede on our behalf and we can communicate and he the other way around through the Holy Spirit. So we are not alone in this and we have always got someone to call upon to help us on this walk. So... That's the one you should have just heard on. Commit to following Jesus. How do we resist temptation? Well, we make a decision at the beginning that we are not going to have any weak areas. And this is what has challenged me, is I've allowed myself a lot of gray areas. You know, my biggest thing is smoking. I love to smoke. I love smoking making my not love me, but I love it. And I find it really difficult to stop because I've said, I'm going to stop and I'm not going to get tempted, but I do because I want to start again. <laughs> Literally a day later, I'm going, I really want a cigarette. And, and just having that mindset means I'm going to trip up. Of course I'm going to have a cigarette because I've decided already, before I even said I was going to quit, that I'm going to have a cigarette. <laughs> And it's that, it's, it's, it's making that short commitment that we are not going to have those weak areas. And that's why it's so challenging. So make a decision to follow Jesus completely with no compromises. And I'm not saying that's easy. <laughs> to read the Bible ourselves. Actually read it. You know, I even got my old NIV out that I got when I was a teenager because I've been so challenged by this. I was reading like these fancy of uh, translations and, I, and it, I don't know what it was. Something brought me back and I've got all the underlinings and the highlights and I haven't done that in years. <laughs> you know, this, and it just made me reconnect. I did used to love reading my Bible and you read, study it, learn it, learn it by heart. Because that's how Jesus protected himself when he was tempted in the desert. And you must really learn to understand it because the devil used scripture against him, but Jesus knew the true context of it. And he was able to flip it back and go, no, don't you try and use God's word against me because I know it. And I know what it means. 
and it does not mean that. So it is really important that we do this. And I say we because I really need to do it as myself. <laughs> and, you know, and it's key. It's an equip, equip ourselves. So you have those thoughts come in, you go, no, I am a conqueror through Christ. You know, this is nothing to him. And it helps. Have a relationship with God. That's the key thing. You can read your Bible and just, it's just a book. And you can follow Jesus' teachings in the book and follow the crowd, but it means nothing unless you have a relationship with God. And that's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They all have personalities, characters, aspects that they bring to this relationship. And they want to have a relationship with us just as much. It's just as important to them as it is to us. And you will find, as I've found, and I am still finding, that the more I have a relationship with God, the easier I find it to resist temptation. The more conflict I have within my spirit when I'm doing something wrong. And that is enough of a dissuasion to, to stop. I feel like I'm hurting him. You know, I think, why am I hurting my body with smoking? What example am I setting my children here? And, it, and I feel that kind of worry that he has for me. He worries for my health because he knows that I'm putting myself at risk. And that, I feel that. You know, it's different when your parents say it. You know, I have a boring life. You know, that's what you feel like. Yeah, sure, I won't live. Uh, but when God says it and you have that, it really, it really hits you hard because he has your future in his hands. You know, what can you do? Where can you go? If I've got lung cancer, I can't do very much, can I? You know, and that's... I don't want lung cancer. It's really freaked me out. <laughs> but yeah, so that's... How do we resist temptation? Make a decision from the start. Read the Bible. And most importantly, have a proper relationship with God. Now, me and John were talking about this, and we, f we felt like it was the best idea was to get into like, some groups and just discuss this, because it's a, a hard topic, and we've all come at it from different angles of our experience of temptation and what we battle with. And so I've just put some questions up. They're not the be-all and end-all questions. You know, they're just some ideas that you might want to add about. But, yeah, so what do you want to do now, John? You're in charge. <laughs> yes, they have. <laughs> uh, 